Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane, Australia. Hello and welcome. With us today from Malaysia is Jonathan Lau. And Lindsay will introduce Jonathan and welcoming welcome him to the podcast. So, um, Jonathan, it's an absolute delight to have you here. First of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. Jonathan is uh, from Global Success Learning. He's a professional speaker and customer service uh, guru. Uh, he calls himself a sales and service optimizer. I love that title, Jonathan. Um, and he works in, in organizations uh, across Asia and around the world, helping them improve their sales success through their service and customer service. So, Jonathan, it's an absolute delight to have you here all the way from Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Tell me, you know, customer service, it's a really interesting one. You can't, you can't not have it, but so many companies don't do it well. Um, you know, what's your spin on this? Mm. Well, thanks again, uh, Lindsay and uh, Ralph, for having me on your show. Well, I've, I've been involved in the uh, hospitality arena for many years uh, prior to my professional speaking um, career. So 20 years in different major hotel chains. And what I've seen is um, a lot of companies, actually a lot of uh, organizations are embracing the art of hospitality, which is so crucial. And in relation to your question, right, um, many people attempt to do it, but some do it well, some don't do it as well. And, And the attribute is really the individualization and the personalization of the experience. And, and this is where, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, from my years of experience is to really take the art of hospitality and service and build that as a competitive advantage, right? To organization to support them. Because if not, it's just going to become a product, a commodity, right? So how can you use that opportunity of service and translate that into an opportunity that people will continue and come back, back to you? How can you build that loyalty in your customer? Yeah, I think um, um, having a, a great experience is always memorable. And, and they're the things that you talk about and share with your friends, aren't they? Uh, so I've had some pretty incredible experiences around the world. But what do you think? Of, what's the core here? Uh, I know you've, you've written about the seven core pillars of, of customer service. Share with us some of the, those tips, tools, or ideas. What's, let's get to the meaty bits. Yeah, sure, Lindsay. So in the book, uh, Winning Clients Loyalty, Seven Proven Practices to uh, Convert Your Clients into Amazing Fans, I have broken down into seven core pillars or the seven competency. But the first one starts with S, you know, using the acronym of service. S is really for self-mastery. So self-mastery is how an individual will, you know, internalize, right? Take ownership, you know, be accountable. So it's a lot on the emotional intelligence of an individual, so self-mastery of the individual. Uh, E is for experiences. What kind of experiences are you emitting? What kind of experiences are you providing for your clients, for all your interaction? Us talks about relationship, how internal and external relationships are crucial for the entire journey of the customer's experience. V is for value. What kind of value are you giving to your customers? I for innovation. 
What are the minor and even small bits of processes have you put into place to even excite the customers? Small innovation. C is for culture. You know, how are you embracing? How are you supporting the overall experience? And E is for empowerment. And one of the things that we stress a lot these days is on the area of mental toughness. Because when you empower people, they take on more responsibility. In a world that we're living in right now, you know, where a lot of things is happening on virtual. Uh, so the mental toughness aspect of it is really crucial. So, so Jonathan, I'm going to start with the last one, which is interesting because somebody asked me yesterday about the concept of empowerment. So let me contextualize that. I, my book that I wrote two years ago, or published two years ago, the working title of it for many years was Give Up Control to Gain Control. Mm. And it was about how you empower teams. And mm. I was asked yesterday, well, what do you, you know, what do you do in a practical sense to empower your staff to make on the spot decisions and deliver excellent service? So, you know, if we, you, that's often the biggest challenge for organizations is that how do they empower people but still retain control? So how do you, how do you train people around the world that you work with to empower their teams? I guess why one of the key, um, Opportunity is to have clear communication. You know, when we talk about empowerment, it's really supporting teams with a clear, distinctive um, recommendation or a guideline, right? On what are the areas they are empowered to do and what are the opportunities to support them along the process? Because many times we use the term pretty freely and we say, hey, you're empowered to do things. But when things do not go along what you envision and if it is not communicated properly, that's where the gaps happen, right? And, and we kind of like penalize the individual for not doing the right thing. And we say we're empowering people. So people get a little bit confused through the process. So I always believe that if you give clear communications on what are the things they are empowered with, the next thing the leader has to do is to really support that decision, right? Be it be right or wrong at that point in time. And if it didn't go along the way, it should be a learning opportunity for the individual and to fine-tune it. Right? End of the day, we do not want to have people who are robots, but at the same time, we want to give that element of empowerment and opportunity to build the confidence that they're able to respond to excite the customer to win their loyalty in the long run at that moment, rather than, let me call my boss and I'll get back to you. Right, so that does not resonate with people too much this stage. You know, people just want a quick answer, yes or no. What is the next best thing you can do to support? I think that's um, it's so critical, isn't it? And and I, you know, Rail, you start at the end. I want I want to go back to the first point you make, which is about self mastery. And I think, you know, I'm wondering whether one goes hand in glove with the other. Without without mastery, will you have proper empowerment? What are your thoughts on that, Jonathan? Yeah, and I guess uh, mastery, and, and that's the reason why we started with uh, self-mastery at the beginning, right? Because it's a lot about the internalization of that individual. And I, and I work in an organization called Six Seconds International. So we use a framework called the KCG model. Know yourself, choose yourself, and give yourself. So a lot of things is really creating the higher self-awareness of you know, whatever you're doing understanding your patterns, understanding your habits, because this can affect you when you are in person with a customer 
Now, whether it is Zoom or whether, you know, the different touch points at this days they were living in, but whatever the case is, right, it's about the internalization of your emotion because emotion drives people and people drives performance. Oh, I like that. Emotion drives people, people drive performance. Well done. That's a, that's a great statement. Always welcome. On, on the weekend, I was uh, at a winery um, in, yeah, outside Perth, and we, whenever we go to a restaurant, one of my friends is a bit of an aficionado about wine, and she always says to the, the waiter or waitress, can I get, you know, a few mils of this wine to try it? And we're talking, you know, probably $100, $150 bottles, but not, not because she wants to drink 27 samples, but when you're spending decent money on a wine, you don't want them to open it and then say, I don't like it. And mm. so she'll say, you know, can I have a little bit? So we're at a winery and the waitress says to us, sorry, we don't do that. You have to go to our tasting room next door to taste the wine. So we, my friend was about to throw her toys and, and scream at this waitress. And I said to her, hang on. I said to the waitress very calmly, could you please call your manager? Because mm. that doesn't make any sense. And I, I wasn't shouting. And the manager came over and I explained the problem to the manager. And the manager said, you're right. It doesn't make any sense that we want you to get up from your table. No one's ever asked us this question. Mm. He said, but don't worry. I will go to the bar. I will get you the glasses that you want to taste and I'll bring them back to you. She came back five minutes later with two glasses of each of the wines because there were six of us at the table and said, one, you know, why don't you guys taste these two wines and tell me which one you want? And we ended up drinking three bottles of wine. So mm. it was a good sale for them. But the ma manager was empowered enough to go, yep, I'll do it. And, and, went, and then the, I saw her doing it for a number of other tables. So she obviously made a strategic customer service decision. All right. You know, and, and you're absolutely right, right? And, and this is the case in learning, right? Because like, like you say, um, this is a very unique situation. They have not been approached. They have not been asked of this similar type of question. I mean, there could be different ways of uh, approaching it, you know, in that particular situation. And again, um, as a customer-facing individual with the customer at that point in time, Again, depends on the experience, depends on, you know, because there's, I, I believe no matter how much you guide them, there will be, still be unique situation that they may have faced or they may not face. Uh, so in her capacity, probably at that point in time, that was what she was kind of like brief or asked to do. But in the role of the manager, probably he would have experienced, you know, what is the, you know, customer centric and you know, you know what customers really looking for. And he uh, is able to uh, advise differently. Because another approach could be to also advise them or recommend, you know, uh, perhaps if you wish to go to the uh, tasting area, you not only would have the opportunity to taste the six wine, but there's a larger variety of available wines internationally from different parts of the world. And you also get an educational piece to that on what makes it really useful for you. So again, you know, not only doing that, what is requested for, but going beyond to make an incentive for people to, oh, okay, right. Okay, that's, that's an option for me to consider. Jonathan, in your work, do you, you've spoken about the customer-facing staff members and you've spoken about hospitality. 
But thinking in my mind about as, as a professional speaker, you know, as we all are, you know, you've traveled the world and stayed in lots of hotels around the world. And, and the number of staff you see as opposed to the number of staff who are actually there creating the experience for you and may not be customer facing, you know, how do you work with those people to, to bring them into the realm of their work is as important as the person at the front desk? Well, I, I think, you know, whether it is customer facing, you know, we always have colleagues that we work with. So we, we call them customers too, right? Whether they're internal customers, you know, just living that mantra of customer oriented, whether, you know, you, you are my customer right now, right? You know, Lindsay is my customer, right? So just having that perspective, whoever that we meet is an opportunity to engage, you know, in the work that I do with a lot of, uh, you know, um, global finance uh, bankers right now, you know, high net worth individuals and working with the relationship managers, you know, the reason why, you know, Lindsay made a mention, right? Sales and service optimizer. So service is really a component of it. You know, we do not sell, but we help our customer to buy. And in that buying process is also helping them with the pre, the during, and the post journey. So it's really a whole journey of a sales and service experience because, you know, you just don't sell something. You don't just get people to buy something. But what is the experience before and after that will make them want to come back? So the same process evolves even internally. They may not be customer serving people, but imagine if I am in a hotel and I have someone for maintenance. I mean, they are not really customer serving, but if they happen to be fixing a bulb along the corridor and you come into it, I'm sorry, sir. I can't answer you. I will get the customer service person to respond to you. I mean, that, that is getting the whole culture bit, right? It's about making sure everyone is an ambassador for a customer service experience, no matter what the touch points are. So just embedding that culture within everyone, within your organization. So Jonathan, I, I love that helping our customer to buy. Um, I wonder how important is it to be in relationship with the person that if you're in a customer facing role, um, how important is it to get into relationship or be in relationship with that person to help them to buy? Because, you know, I'm thinking of a retail experience. Now you walk into a shop uh, and, um, you know, it could be a very quick interaction mm. where there's not much of a chance to, to build a relationship. How important is that a critical piece or is that, does it matter? I, I believe it is a re really a critical piece because, well, again, depending on whether it is a very simple transactional item that you're looking at, right? If it is something that is potentially that you may come back and continue to buy, I think every relationship has an opportunity. And when we go into the area of opportunity, we go into the area of helping them to develop trust because trust is really the essence of engagement in long-term relationship. So in trust, I have the 4C of trust, you know, that has been uh, a research done by Six Seconds International with thousands of uh, entrepreneurs, thousands of business leaders, the 4C of trust. And uh, the 4Cs are really, you know, on the area of your competence. How competent are you in your knowledge, your skills, and your attitude as you're engaging with the customers? 
Because remember the times that we really resonate to someone and have great relationship is when you have that element of appreciation and trust for their areas of competence. We look into the areas of commitment, you know, do they follow through? We look into the area of consistency, you know, if you have a relationship and if trust is really good, it's usually over a period of time. And the last but not least is in the area of how much do they care for the customer? You know, especially uh, as I'm working during this pandemic time, you know, it's a lot of compassion that needs to be built into it. Because if not, like rightly say, you know, it's a transaction. But if you're working with a customer over a long period of time, I believe these four C's are crucial to have in the relationship, in a relationship that is going to go deeper at different levels. So Jonathan, just you mentioned the pandemic there and, and obviously 2020, 2021 have been, let's say, interesting times in the world. Absolutely. Um, how is, you know, we were talking to, to someone the other day who's in Thailand and, and there the economy is really ravaged from the lack of tourists, the lack of hospitality operations. How is, how is Malaysia facing up and how is Malaysia coping? Um, I think similar to many countries, the hospitality, the tourism industry, um, pretty much very, very challenged, right? Um, but it's the ability to navigate, to be resilient, right? So end of the day, although that's pretty much what is happening, but I always believe in this saying, uh, E plus R equals to O. Something that I've learned from Jack Canfield from the success principle. E is the event, the event that happens around you, within you. Sometimes we don't have control over events that happens, but the R is the respond. How would you respond? The choices that you make to respond to those situations will determine your O. That would be your outcome. So E plus R equals to O. So what we're doing, in, in, even in Malaysia, you know, many, many of the players are navigating, they are um, you know, transforming their core business into something different for the time being until the businesses come back. Just like us as speakers, right? We navigate by using different technology. We're having a podcast right now. We're using different uh, virtual opportunities to just have that engagement with our clients. And, and so, so going, I mean, that, that's amazing because, I mean, I think, you know, we look in our, sometimes in our own world at, at how small it is that we're pivoting and shifting. But, you know, when you look on a global and countrywide scale, how businesses are doing that, that, that gives us some glimmer of hope for the future. Absolutely. Um, now, one of the things you've developed is the Service Champion 360 Assessment Tool. And obviously, you're using that with your clients. Can you explain to me what that is and how it works? Sure. Well, we are pretty excited. We have just rolled out the uh, Service Champion 360 Assessment Tool. And again, based on the seven core pillars of service in the book, Winning Clients Loyalty, there is an opportunity now for individual and organization to really do a diagnostic analysis, right? To really have... Um, a scientific um, opportunity to look at where an individual is performing in the area of being a service champion, right? In the area of self-mastery, in the area of experience, relationship, 
what is their score, what is it reflecting. And the 360 will pretty much involve the different key stakeholders, their immediate superior, the peers that they're working with, and their subordinates that reports to them. So it's going to highlight a lot of the blind spot that we may not necessarily be aware of. And it will also build different development strategies for the individual. It's a good assessment to help build what are top performers, what are the scores they are actually doing, and can use that to invest in the training and development to really upskill your team to that level that is going to be really crucial for you to win clients' loyalty. I, I really like that. That sounds great. I mean, to have, a, as you say, a scientific analysis of people's approach to customer service, I think that's brilliant. Um, Jonathan, we, we are, I'm looking, got one eye on the clock as usual, and we, we are almost out of time. Uh, if, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and talk to you more about the, um, the Service Champion 360 assessment tool or maybe get a copy of your book, Winning Client Loyalty, what, what's the best place for them to do that? Well, um, you can always connect with me and at LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. So linkedin.com slash IM slash Jonathan Lau, L-O-W, or just visit our corporate website, www.globalsuccesslearning.net, N-E-T. So I'll be happy to um, see what are the areas I can support you and your team with. Uh, perhaps you may want to experience what the service champion is all about. So just drop me a line and I'll be happy to uh, respond back to you. Great. And thanks so much for coming along and sharing your expertise with us today. And I'm going to pass over to Ryan now to wrap us up. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining us from Malaysia. And thank you for being our guest on today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. For our listeners, if you go along to excellencepodcast.com, www.excellencepodcast.com, there are a number of free downloadable resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and life. This is Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast.